Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast, presented by ZealCigars.com, CigarSoapbox.com, and coming to you live, as always, from the Huddle Up Store studios here in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. Across from me is my partner in crime, JB. Say what's up to the people. What's going on? What's going on? And uh, we got a kind of interesting topic today, and it was brought up to me by a uh, not just a customer. I think somebody watches our YouTube videos and everything else like that. If you guys are interested in watching our YouTube videos, go to Best Cigar Reviews on YouTube, and you can find out more there about our and you know our, our cigar reviews and everything else like that that we do. Uh, you know, it's a little different today, JB, because of the topic. It's it's more of a serious topic for me than it is a. Uh, an easy topic, but I am smoking a very easy cigar and we have, we'll be going through this La Barbara, uh, La Bar, La, La Barba, La Barba, La Barba, um, uh, sampler here that, uh, was provided to us by us. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm smoking, I'm smoking the white right now on the last video. I smoked the red Yeah, yeah. and I really like that. So now I'm smoking the Connecticut and the Connecticut's fantastic. Rivals really? Davidoff in my opinion. Okay. Absolutely rivals it. I've been yeah. nothing but impressed with everything yeah. I've smoked from Caldwell so it's far. It's very, very, very good. And if you guys don't, uh, if you haven't had any La Barba cigars yet, make sure you go get them. Uh, we do have them at zealcigars.com. Uh, go check them out there. And, uh, you know, but let's get into the topic a little bit today. And so, uh, the topic is uh, not a fun one, but it's something I think that it, that's a necessary thing that a lot of people go through, that I go through, that other people go through. And uh, so let's talk about it real quick. Um, the topic simple, simply this. Uh, what do you do, particularly as a man, if your the rest of your family doesn't believe in God? And you do. Uh, I'm assuming this is like from a Christian perspective. I'm not saying I'm not assuming this is, you know, from a, a Muslim or Judea Judaism perspective, just yeah. by the nature of the fact that, you know, you know, we're pretty forthright about our faith here and so on and so forth. So when people are asking this question, what what we what will we do and how will we treat people uh, outside our family? Because we both have people in our family that don't. Yeah, absolutely. God, you know, so uh, and I think that's a that's a good question, because um I think Christianity and Christians get a bad rap on how they treat people who don't believe the same they do. Uh, and you see that populated in the, in the, particularly this month in the whole, the pride month and everything else like that with the LGBTQ stuff. And they'll, they'll say things like, you know, Christians are the one persecuting us and stuff. And it's not, it's not that they're pers you're being, being persecuted by Christians. Um, if anything, I just saw, I can't remember who it was. I saw somebody talk about how pride month is the most exclusive, exclusive, um, excluding all everybody else that isn't um, from uh, their activities, if you would, I thought that was really interesting. So, you know what's interesting about that? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a side tangent in there real quick okay. before we get into this uh, this this topic of how what it's like dealing with you know family members that don't believe the same you do. In, sure, sure. In, when it comes to especially believing in God, mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that. People are so fast to to want to um, be mad at Christians for the way that they believe and, and the way that they – and their faith. But they don't ever really want to understand why. But yet you have to sit down, accept, and understand the way that they feel because – Right, 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 right. What? And, 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 and we've said this before. You know? Um, it's probably worth looking into a religion that if you make fun of – if you make fun of any other religion, you'll be persecuted by everybody on social media and everything else like that. You make fun of Christians, I mean, you don't get persecuted at all. 
In fact, you get you get, you get ganged up on. At that point, people were like, yeah, 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 these Christians are this, well, these Christians are that. Jesus told and us that was going to happen, man. He said we were going to be the, yeah. the, you know, we were basically going to get dookied on. That's right, an easy right, way right. to say it. But it, but I, I just so, find it interesting that everybody's like, I want you to understand my truth. Well, well cool. Right. Can I actually <laughs> help you understand where my thought process is seeing this is not a good thing in society? Let right. me talk to you about Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me talk to you about... You know yeah, what I mean? So like, right, 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 right. we we have reasons for feeling the way that we feel the same way that they have reasons for feeling that they should be a different gender, but they don't yeah. want to understand that the same way. Yeah, and I think I think I think the hard part is when people, you know, presume things they're presumptuous, you know, and and yeah, like you don't even want to talk to them because right, yeah, yeah. And that's not true whatsoever. It just isn't. So, um, but we know that this is a, a sensitive subject for the podcast and everything else like that. And we're not here to just you know talk about the LGBTQ stuff. Um, we're here to talk about, uh, in particular, anybody in our families and how do we treat people that don't believe. You know, so uh, I have several people in my family that don't believe in God. Yeah, you know, they they would call themselves atheists. But we um, we both have people that live in our under the same roof as us mm-hmm. that that are that struggle with that belief. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say me necessarily. My son's w- 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 wishy waff. Wishy-washy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's why I said right. non. That's why I didn't say they were non-believers. Yeah, it just would, that struggle with str- yeah, I, the I think, faith. I think struggling with God versus doubting, not believing. Yeah, not not believe. I think there's a difference between doubting and unbelieving. Okay. The doubting. Uh, if I if I can contextualize it this way, doubting I think comes as a result of three things. One, just not having information. Okay, that not having enough information about the topic. Whatever that's it fair. is, you know. Uh, second is there's relational hurt. Which I think a lot of churches and Christians can own up to yeah, saying that, that, like that PTSD, bro. It's right, there, right, right. So if you were raised, 100%. In a, if you were raised in like a, a real religious home that was you know no fun and you had to do all these chores and you know and, and your faith was seen as a chore versus something you get to do versus something you have to do, I can relate to that. Right, it, it becomes something you question <laughs> later on. Um, and then finally, I think the the last one is. Um, you know, some 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 people like to sit in the skeptics chair because it's the easiest chair in the world. Yeah, you know, it's the easiest chair in the world, so you don't have to, you don't have to be accountable for anything or take a pick a pick a side for anything. You really don't. And so, um, it's a dangerous chair to sit in if you don't know that, because uh, you should really do the research to find out what you believe about God and what you think about God. Really, honestly. So, do you, uh, do you think a lot of people sit in that chair because they're afraid that if they start actually looking into stuff and maybe starting to slide to the side of being coming a, b- a believer that they're <clears throat> worried that all of a sudden that like for, for example let's say um let's say who's somebody who uh is is maybe bisexual right okay. yeah yeah and maybe they start doing some research and they start uh finding out that like maybe they are becoming believers but they're scared because they're right, worried right. that they won't be accepted by everybody or that they have to hate people that are like that now right, and that's right. not the case it, like it really isn't with christians and i think that um unfortunately you have a you have a small group of people out there that are that 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 claim to be christians yeah the far and, side right that that are uh persecuting lgbtq people and, and everything else like that or are vehemently not affirming, if you would. So I think that the difference between, you know, Christianity as a whole, Christianity as a whole, uh, I would say for sure isn't affirming. Mm. You know, and, when I, and how they, how the, how the LGBTQ community defines affirming 
is uh, liking, promoting, and everything else like that, their lifestyle. Yeah. And, and I would say that's counteractive to the yeah, Christian faith in general. Yeah, the yeah. church, the Bible is not going to promote that. Yeah, right, you're, you're right, absolutely right. correct. Now, if you want to find churches that, that don't believe it, you can find that. You really oh, yeah. can. So, more, more accepting liberal churches, for sure. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, but I but I will say that as as a as a rule of thumb in modern day you know Christianity I don't see anybody you know pulling gay people out and beating them up I don't see anything like that I th- what I see happening now which is really interesting is a backlash towards all the persecution the Christians have been getting you know just and their backlash is a matter of like throwing hate towards these people it's a matter of like hey listen you know you're, you're saying these things and there's not a, there's not an equal opportunity for conversation or dialogue. Yeah, it's kind of what m- right. my point right. at the beginning. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that's that's part of it. Um, and there's some YouTubers out there and everything else like that that will go to these uh, marches and everything else like that. And I, I don't know if that's really effective, uh, where they're you know they're they're picking fights with people on and stuff like. I don't, yeah, that's not my style, or I don't think that's what you're God teeing them up at that point. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? You're you're you know and. I, are while, you really inviting a sit-down conversation no. and somebody come into your table to break bread yeah. with, or are you just but, out there to show that they're actually going to cause a scene? I think what I, I I I think when we talk about the LGBTQ thing, it's important, and I say that because um, that's such an identity for them. And when someone when someone comes to Christ, when someone becomes a Christian, their identity is now no longer in all these different other things that. Most of us find our identity in whether money, it's our, power, or, sex. Or, yeah, yeah, and uh, those little things like work and what we make and what we drive and who we date or who we're married to—all these different things—those become secondary things and not gods to us. Uh, and with the LGBTQ thing, it's 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 a it's a god for them. It just it just really is. And and to say that that's—I mean, whatever you spend most of your time thinking about, your money on, your your time defending is ultimately your God. I mean, it just, it really is. So yeah, some, it, it false idol in some sort of aspect. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. get what you mean. And don't think that, you know, there's, there's people who aren't straight to do the same thing. I mean, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I can, I can sleep what I want with. I can do what I want with and my body, my choice, I can do whatever I want. And you're like, well, look, there's a point where you're, you know, you got to be accountable for what you do, you know? So I think that's the thing that's, that's interesting. They want Christians to be accountable for, or some Christians be accountable for um, the backlash that they get, but they don't want to be accountable for any backlash that they give. I think that's yeah. the, that's the confusing part of it. So well, it's interesting because that community fits into this conversation around because a lot of that community probably don't believe in in, in God uh, or the Bible because of the way that it teaches against some of that stuff. So right. it does. I feel like this could also fit into this conversation right. as much of a tangent as it was. Sure, sure, sure. And I, I think I mean during Pride Month and everything else like that, it's I'm sure people want to know what, what what our stances are and stuff like that. What do you think about it and everything else like that? Uh, let me just say this: uh, plenty of gay people come here to mm-hmm. uh, to to zeal and uh, ones that we don't know are. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so we have no, we have no pre- prejudice don't against, ask. against anybody uh, at Zeal whatsoever and like that. But if they want to have a sit down conversation about something like that, we're more than happy to have a sit down conversation about it and everything like that. When it's not on like when it's not inconvenience for us and we're working and everything yeah. like that, you know. So um, and we welcome that. It's not a matter of you know uh, of anything that we would shy away from. But I will say, uh, when it comes to your own family and certain things like that, it it becomes a little more of a uh, a harder eggshell subject to dance on to talk about because you love these people you know it's not somebody who's who's an advocate for something that's that's an ideology that you don't know about it's somebody who's personal that maybe you grew up with right it's not like they just don't like the same tv show you like you're just mad because you can't talk about game of thrones with them or something (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, I think that that's that's the that's a really good that's a really good segue into you know how do you dialogue with somebody about this? I think the first thing that um, I, I do think that love trumps all. I think as you love people um, and as you, uh, by the true definition of tolerate, I think is the uh, the measure of your ability to talk with them. Now, that the, there's a new tolerance out there that says you have to affirm and accept everything that I do as equal to your values. And I think that's completely oblivious to rational thought, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's. That's ideology talking, and you're and you're saying things like, you know, hey, by the way, you have to accept everything I do and everything I am in order to accept me. I don't accept everything you do or everything you are of anybody. Yeah, you know, I really don't because I don't know every single person, you know, outside maybe my wife and my kids, you know, and even them, you know, and they have their own mindsets and everything else like that. So, I, I think when it when it comes to talking about the subject, it is controversial, and I think people will sometimes be uh, for the better part of the for better a better term triggered yeah and say like hey man you guys are just being you know really you know bigoted really things like that well, i don't think that's well, the case but. i can clear some air on that because mm-hmm. like i can this 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 is a subject that it hits really home with me right because mm-hmm. um for example you know and, and and this is why and this is i'm not saying this is a bad thing this is why it's really important that um you know who you are and you know your values um, and you know who you want and what their values are going to be when you get with somebody mm-hmm. because then you could you could potentially eliminate from any of this being um, a hiccup or a roadblock that could potentially affect your relationship or your marriage with somebody, right? Yeah. So, for example, um, I met my wife at a time when, you know, I just, I just wasn't really strong in my faith. You know, mm-hmm. I'd just gotten... Um, pretty much really gotten away from home, got into college, kind of was able to just be myself, be left alone, not be bothered, not have to have any expectations from anybody else except myself and my teammates. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, I wasn't really, it wasn't something that was focused for, a focus point for me. Mm-hmm. And when I met my wife, um, it wasn't something that I asked her about, right? It wasn't something that, I mean, we had conversations about it. Obviously she knew mm-hmm. that where I came from and that I was a believer and, mm-hmm. um, her, her comment at that point was kind of agnostic, you know what I mean? So long story short, I, I married my wife, and then mm-hmm. I am becoming stronger in, in my belief and my faith, and um, it's something that she's not really interested in at all. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of hard because, um, you know, I, I could see the fear in her eyes when I told her, um, long story short, the conversation went something like this. I'm, I'm being called somewhere. I don't know where yet, but it's probably going to be bigger than either one of us realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for our relationship. I don't know what that means for our lives. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I need you to know that. Yeah. Um, and I need you to know that you're still my wife mm-hmm. and that I still love you and that I'm not going to shove anything down your throat, but I want you to know that, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about things and I'll be here to answer questions for you. And, and I'll always hope and pray that you become more curious and you want to in, get inter- more interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is something that uh, that speaks to me. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, like you said, one of the reasons is my wife had just really bad relationships with uh, or, or bad experience with religious. She dated right. a dude that went to Catholic school 
who was extremely controlling of her. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with him being religious and his beliefs. And it was very controlling for my wife. And then um, she played softball her whole life and then mm-hmm. played softball in college, both at Division two and Division three levels. Mm-hmm. Well, contrary to popular belief, there are unfortunately a lot of lesbians in softball. Mm-hmm. So my wife has a lot of lesbian friends. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point, potentially maybe even considered dating women. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's... So when what see, what she sees coming from something religious is that, oh, now I got to hate my friends, you know? Right, she may not right. say that verbally, but right, right. that's definitely a concern that's there. But this is definitely a topic that, uh, while we're talking through this, keep in mind, uh, this is something that I, I do deal with personally in my life. Right. I don't and, take and it lightly. You know, and not to be condescending whatsoever, but you're you're pretty brave for talking about that. And I know you're going to share that at all. We didn't we didn't we don't we don't pregame any of these podcasts or anything like that. So it's you know I appreciate well, we can't, you saying that. We yeah. can't talk about something like this w- without people at least understanding one why it's such an important topic, and mm-hmm. two understanding that you know we're not just two guys that sit up here and just want to bigot or talk BS or, or tell people they need to be better. A lot of this stuff is stuff that we realize that we have to take care of and, and get better and, and uh, figure out in our own freaking lives, man. Oh yeah. We just hope that it helps somebody else earlier than it's helping us. Oh yeah. I, I think that I think that's a uh, a fair a fair assessment. You know, um, I, I also think that you know uh, people people are asking questions. You know, constantly. You know, how does this play out in your own life? What does this look like for you? And so I, I think I think you saying what you did was, was huge. So, well, well, let's go into it. So so, so I, I think people in my extended family, you know, I, I don't assume that all of them are Christians, obviously. And I, I, I would say that there are several that I've identified as very, very, very not Christians, you know, don't believe in God or anything else like this. But I do believe in people or, or what have you or something like that. So, you know, it's it's a how do you treat them? Well, you don't treat them any different than you would treat anybody else, to be honest with you. You know, I think that's, that's and, one of the big things. And you certainly don't evangelize them. Yeah, yeah. You don't, if you continue to press, if you continue to press down the, and I think, I, I think there's a way to, to share Christ with words and with, um, uh, with, with presence. Yeah. That is, that is often lost. Um, Just the way you carry it, yourself. Comes, yeah. And, and how you, and how you care for the other person you know, and how you love them and care for them and uh, to not pick fights on topics that you know you're going to get get pushed back on necessarily. Uh, but there's going to be times in your life as a Christian that you do have to make stands and that you do have to say, yeah, I'm not going to be part of that. That's not something I believe. Yeah. You know, and you'll be asked to, to compromise your faith. You'll be asked to do certain things like that. I think that's what people are asking. So when you're asked to compromise and you're asked to do something or to affirm something that you don't believe – how will you then deal with that aspect of it? Because there have been times, you know, even even working here at Zeal, uh, and, and many times before that, that I've been asked to um, compromise and to uh, say say certain things or affirm certain things that I don't believe. And I think that that's a uh, a very good way of saying, you know, I, w- I was very bold and very forthright on, hey, this is why I believe what I believe, and this is why I'm not moving on this point, yeah, you know, necessarily. And when you say that to somebody. Um, for some people, it's a declaration of war, like on themselves personally. They, they say, "Well, if you don't, if you don't like and affirm everything that I am, you know, and I don't like and affirm everything that anybody has to be honest with you, uh, they're gonna they're gonna end up going, you know, well, hey, this is this is you know this is a 
an eject button for me. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to support you or anything else like that. Um, and so there's, there's a re- tremendous amount of social pressure today um, for people who would call themselves Christians to bow down to whatever, what any God anybody says is. And you hear this often where people say things like, you know, um, I, you know, your God's just as valuable as my God, you know, whatever your truth is, that's, this is how it is. You speak your truth. I'll speak my truth. And, you know, maybe somewhere in the middle, we'll find the truth. And, and, and to be quite frank, Jesus doesn't leave that open. He didn't leave that door open. Like there's many truths out there. There isn't. He says, I'm the, tr- I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me, you know, John 17, three. So I think that that's, that's a, not to be we, confused with Austin three sixteen. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Big big difference between him and, and, uh, and Steve Austin, right? Right. Um, but he's a great wrestler. I'm sure Jesus is too. But I think that uh, what we when it comes down to it, how you have these conversations with family and what have you, um, I, I've not been tremendously successful. I'll just say that I'm not I'm not I'm not super successful at, at having conversations. I have a I have a sister who doesn't believe in anything at all. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what she believes, um, and uh, as a as a result of that, we we don't. It's not that we don't we hate each other, um, but we don't we don't talk a whole lot. I, I don't think we have a whole lot in common necessarily. Yeah, uh, she's a wonderful person. I love her to death. I think she's a great person. Um, but you you do tend to find a certain ground with people that that have faith where you're able to go. Okay, this is something we can we can both understand. And there's there's rules and limitations of things that you do. Uh, to and for each other by nature of that too. So, uh, so I have a sister who believes in one that doesn't necessarily. Yeah, you know. Um, well, it, I I wrote something down here that you just you kind of mentioned something because I I put a I put a thing down here that said questions and questions to ask. Yeah. Right. Like um, you said that you you don't really know where she's at, right? And mm-hmm. and I think a big thing about this is a lot of people don't know how to approach people that um, are, are non-believers or people that consider themselves agnostic, right? Um, yeah, I, I think that's a, it, it's, it's easier with people who are strangers than with people who are family. Well, it, for sure it is because you, you don't feel obligated. You're not going to see the stranger at Christmas dinner. You're yeah. Not gonna, you're not going to spend holidays with, you know, with a, with a stranger, but when it comes to your own family, I think there's a, a sense of where, you know, you should, they should know enough to know that you're, you're a believer Yeah, and they should know enough to know that also, um, you're not going to force them to believe anything that right. they don't. So, but there are times when you're with family and stuff like we have traditions in our family. We pray before meals and everything else like that, and we don't ask questions. Yeah, and know, she like, doesn't like get up and leave the room or anything, no, right? No, right, no, right. No, no. Yeah, like, she's super respectful. Yeah, that's not that's not anything um, she would do. But uh, and, and, my, and my wife doesn't do that either. Right, right. So um, in that regard, uh, I think when you when you are asking genuine questions i think it's important to ask the question like yeah you know what 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 do you believe and why do you believe it yeah or, you know? or something i've been uh something that's been coming to me recently has been just like just asking people like um number one like what's what's your um what what what's your big dislike? Like if you had a pros and cons board, right? Like what's what's the biggest? What's the number one thing you're putting up on the con side for why this is something that that you don't that that you don't want to explore or 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 be interested more? So that's one question that I like that I've been thinking about asking people. Right. Well, I think I think the easy answer for that is um, it literally uh, the Christian faith. It, it's it's all or nothing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a salad bar. 
type faith. I mean, there's some people that treat it as such. Like, well, for I like, sure. I like this part, I like this part, I like this part. But there are parts of the Christian faith that are um, very hard and very dubious. Oh, yeah. You know, if you would. So when you, and, and I think that there's enough people out there that would call themselves Christians. I mean, America in general was, is, is, at this point, is a post-Christian nation. But at one, one point, it was a Christian nation. And when you say the word Christian, uh, behind it, that's very nebulous for a lot of people. Yeah. Meaning like people want to. There's a lot of umbrellas. Yeah. Like, what do you mean by that? Is that, is that something, you know, because Mormons call themselves Christians. Jehovah's Witnesses call themselves Christians. You know, some of the Invitus call themselves Christians, you know, so are you part of that tribe? What, 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 what's going on here? And so I think it's something very unique when you are identifying that somebody saying, saying essentially all of my wants, needs, and values fall under you know, a biblical principle of being loyal to Christ first. Yeah. So like, that's my, that's what I mean by Christian, if you would. So that means anything that means my sex, my money, my power, anything that in my control, anything else like that, that comes, that starts to supersede Christ in that, uh, according to biblical principles, that would be subservient, you know, now to Christ. And so that, then I go, well, what does Jesus think about my money that I spend? What does Jesus think about the, the control that I have What and, and how I'm treating people and things like that? What does Jesus think about, uh, different things, you know, in so much as uh, sexuality and things like that. I mean, yeah. what does he think about? I mean, it, it goes into everything. So when you when you talk about you know, one of the reasons Christians are, are are pro, you know, non-abortion essentially is because they believe that life uh, is is starts at conception. Essentially, well, yeah, because you technically, know. you know, when yeah. Mary was conceived, that would have been about the same time, right? Right. So, so uh, you, it's really interesting. I just I just heard. Bill Barr, you know, Bill Barr, the comedian, yeah. he has a great, great, great take on this in a comedic way that was, he said in front of a group and he said some, something like, you know, um, he says, he says, your body, your choice. You know, I get it. I understand it. And, um, uh, and I used to think that was okay, you know, because you said, you know, it's still in the womb and everything else like that. It's not a baby till it's born. And then I put the same principles to making a cake, you know, the, the cakes in the oven, you take it out too ahead of time and they destroy the cake you know if you would and you, what are you doing with my birthday cake and things like that so his premise is you know in, in the same way you know you used to call the baby the bun, bun in the oven if you would you know it, he says that's where i started thinking you know maybe there's something some something to this something weird about this so it, it was a it was a comedic take on a real serious issue and i yeah. think he i think he handled it pretty well with the, with the uh with the comedy but in the same right i still think that like if you're looking what, what where christians believe why so so emphatic about some of these beliefs uh sexuality and where where life begins is a huge topic in in society in general right now it just really is i mean with the with the gender the transgender stuff and the lgbtq stuff and then the the abortion stuff what you what you start start to do is you start to see to see christians start to align themselves then with political parties and then then it gets really weird because people who are in a different political party than somebody, then they think, oh, you're that way because you're a Christian. Oh, you're that way because you're a Democrat, or you're that way because of your Republican-ness, you know, right-wing, whatever else. And so what happens is people go, well, Christians will tend to align with certain values that certain parties go with. But if, if you're ultimately a Christian, you recognize that, seriously, both parties have tremendous amounts of dirt, you know, in them. And you go, okay, this, this is kind of weird because you, you want to do this, but you don't really value life after, you know, after birth. That's, you that's, don't really value life. That's why Amish people you know, don't vote. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a crazy, a crazy scheme. And so, um, and I think it's propagated by the media, you know, in a lot of ways, um, to divide people continually and to make Christians look bad necessarily. But when when you're talking about your own people, you're talking about your own your own your own family. Uh, I think the absolute best thing that you can do is really love them and continue to preach the gospel with words and with like how you serve them and how you love them. I mean, Jesus, and then how you love other Christians. Let me just say this. Christians are one of the first people that shoot each other in the foot. Oh, for sure. If you would. So like they, they, they'll, 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 you divorced your wife, you're shunned. Yeah. uh, I mean, everything from, you know, they'll find something. Even though it does say you can divorce your wife, there's just kind of weird stipulations to it. Right, right. (laughs) But I think that what happens is, you know, we don't take time to understand. Even if, even if that divorce was, let's say that divorce was uh, not, not, not biblical, biblical standards, yeah, biblical standard, whatever it was called. In that regard, you know, um, yeah, the, the church would say that that's that's wrong and that's, that you should have done that. But that doesn't mean somebody can't recover from that. That doesn't mean that somebody can't, you know, uh, still love somebody else. Well, and if you're yeah, a Christian, you believe that somebody bled out for you to be able to make those mistakes right, and, right, and, exactly. and, and seek that forgiveness. Yeah. And I think that, I think that what happens when we're talking about things like this is that people get really, really, they want to, they want you to nail down your theology with them on a podcast, which by the way, you can't nail down a theology on a podcast, but I can tell you that I do believe the Bible says it means, um, I don't think it takes a backflip to interpret it. I really don't. I don't think you need the original Greek and the original Hebrew. I think all translations are pretty, pretty, pretty solid on that. Um, outside some weird cultic ones, um, but when it comes down to it, uh, there's, it's not very hard, you know, to, to love people. I think we don't want to because it's very, it's very tedious. Yeah, it takes time and energy that yes. people are just don't have yes. to put into this kind of stuff, which is exactly yes. what the powers that be want they want people to be tired and they don't they don't want you to walk from synagogue to synagogue and argue with the pharisees and sit down with all the homeless people that are shitting in your yard they mm-hmm. don't want you to be patient they don't want you to do those things they don't want you to do it i think that's a that's a really good point i think when when people see christians love love people the right way they, they don't know what's going on and and for, for for you guys who are listening that may not may not subscribe to the christian faith um, somebody told me this the other day. Can you tell me why every Christian who's like an athlete always has to say something about God, you know, in that? And I think why that happens so many times is I got because, a couple thoughts on that one, yeah, but we're not going to go down that. Well, I think part of it is um, they get they, they get really like there's probably a lot of pressure for them, you know, if they're if there's a lot of professional ministries that. Try to Let, pro athletes. Are they? He, I'm gonna just say this on that real quick. Okay. Are they thinking God like Tim Tebow, or are they just thinking God like every other athlete that thinks God for, no, for everything? Yeah, I'm not. You I'm see what I'm about, saying? I'm There's a about, little. I'm talking about Tim Tebow. When guys say yeah. things like you know they they name the name of Jesus Christ, they yes. say certain things like that. So, I I think that somewhat maybe to appease the masses, you know that watch. Um, I think sometimes it's it's not real genuine and it doesn't fall into everything else like that. Just because a guy says they, they read a certain Christian book and they've been moved and they're now a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian. You're going to see they're, they're a Christian by their love for, for both believers and non-believers. That's a big thing. Yeah. How they love people. You know, that's a, that's a yeah, huge the fruits thing. of your labor. Right. So if you're not, if you're not, 
in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, tells us very clearly how you can see if someone's a Christian or not. It does. It says, it says um, you'll know the fruits of the Spirit. It says, our love, peace, patience, joy, selflessness, and self-control. Gentleness and self-control. Yeah, I mean, it's, and so if you're growing in those aspects, well, then you're getting there. That's good. That's You want to grow and mature in your faith. And I think that's one of the things, too, that we want people to do that are, that our believers want you to grow in your faith. I mean, we, we never thought about doing a podcast on this one, but I think that's a big thing because it seems like a lot of people who are listening to this might be believers. And so we want you to grow in your faith. And one of the ways that you grow in your faith, quite frankly, is by developing those traits, you well, know, in your faith. Well, and another way you, you develop too is, and this is another question I ask people and, um, you know, I, I could say that like, if I, if I asked my wife, like, have you ever actually read the Bible? Right. My wife's answer would be no. Right. She hasn't. Right. So um, that's another question I like to ask people who are, you know, not believers or kind of on the fence. It's like, have you ever just read it? Right. It's not. I know it's not an easy read, but Mm -hmm. did you read how much of like genealogy, how much of a historical document it is? Because I think that's what people kind of don't look at it as is they don't look at how much of a historical document that it is. Not 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 to mention, I mean, just how much it's validated by just in general. You have literally um, the the greatest piece of archaeological evidence in the history of mankind that has been tr- that people have been trying to prove wrong for over two thousand years, and nobody has ever done it. No one's ever proved it wrong. Talking about the scrolls? Yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about the Bible in general. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. No one's ever the Torah. People, the Torah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, all even the, the even the yeah even the New Testament, yeah, yeah, the New Testament as well. So I mean, and. and the fact of the matter is we're talking about people who were scholars, you know, put together these things. I mean, I mean, people who were even atheists at the time that were part of a scholar table, they go, yeah, this is valid, you know? And, and so, but I, I think when it comes down to it, if God says a couple things, one, if you search for me, you will find me. Okay. And that, and that you will, you will see the truth and the truth will set you free. But most people don't want to do that because they don't want to be free. They like being a slave to whatever whatever their God is at that point. They, they don't. They think they're already free, bro. Right. They they there's this idea that like, well, I am free. I I've been so free, and I'm look at look at how my life is, and I love it the way that it is. And then yeah. and and this is this is the hard thing about Christianity. So when you become a Christian, it's not the easy road. It's the harder one. But it's the true one. That's the hard thing about it. So it's it's not the easy road that's, that's in front of you when you become a Christian. It's a very very difficult road because everything's against you. Yeah. I mean, everyone around you is gonna. Be, so I like when I when I went to marry my wife, her family's not not believers, and uh, were not happy about her marrying a pastor at all. Her father in particular was not happy about that. You know, and I, I think that that's one of the things I remember thinking. Man, I, I I don't understand this. I mean, and even to this day, I mean, I, I've given my wife a really good life. I think, and yeah. she would say it's been a great, great ride. It has been awesome. It, it, that you know, that story is kind of interesting too because there was there was more reasons than just that even, which was which was even more interesting, right? Like, yeah, she was dating a doctor before me, so well, yeah, yeah, he yeah, felt yeah. like you weren't going to be able to help right, support right. his daughter, right? But, which is crazy. So, <laughs> which, which ten jobs, which is which which kind of proves to this point though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what was his first concern? Bunny fucking money bro. yeah dude exactly and I, I understand the the concerns of a father because i am a father and i have two girls um but, and if, but and, being able to support and then being able to just 
give and live are two different things. Yeah, I think I think that I think the the difference is um like my my son-in-law understood my expectations marrying my daughter. Yeah. You know that 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 was his first priority to support, you know, and and live, you know, with her and 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 grow with her in which they've done great together so far. Absolutely. Um but like here's the thing though. The great thing about Christianity too is that um there's forgiveness for every misstep. I mean Jesus Christ died on the cross and and he died once for sin it says and once for all meaning that past present and future sins all paid for. You know, meaning that when you become a Christian, even your future sin that you're going to sin is still paid for. Now, there's going to be people out there that think that's just a crazy thing to think about. Oh, so and you can means, just kill somebody right, and be forgiven, right? right, right. And not that, that easy. That's not how. That's not how the the motivation goes. The motivation goes when you recognize you're forgiven of everything. Well, then you don't want to take advantage of that, right? You know, the people who do take advantage of it still call themselves Christians. You're more, too. yeah, dude. It's like it's kind of dang. It's kind of like the Beverly Hillbilly that never really gets anything, but is just so appreciative for the little things that they do get. Oh yeah, right. Like, like yeah, it's not the big the big one but like it may not be like yeah i murdered somebody but like maybe you did do something wrong on an accident and you did wrong somebody a little bit and you didn't mean to and then you're just like super happy that like that's that's the the small thing that you need to ask for mm-hmm. forgiveness for versus well, you know well even in the big things god forgives well I for mean, sure even, even in the big thing i think that's the harder thing is that you know when when relationships sour or when you've hurt somebody and so on and so forth you're able to entrust that relationship even to God. You know, it doesn't mean that you are not responsible for reconciliation or repentance or anything else like that, but it does mean that, like, even in the big things, you're able to go, you know, God, you 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 died for that as well, which is important. And I, I think that I think that in so much as when you share that within a family and you're talking about that within a family. I think to other people it can sound condescending when saying, oh, you can do whatever you want because God forgives you. But for me, I'm condemned, right? Mm-hmm. How it goes. And you have to explain to them, like, well, I'm not the one condemning you. It's, I mean, you're, you're the one condemning yourself. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the whole premise of it is. So if you, if you, really, if you really, really look, historically speaking, and everything else like that, I mean, you just have to consider, you know, um, who Jesus Christ is. But to have that conversation with somebody and say, have you ever considered the claims of Christ? Now, here's what I will tell you to do. This is important. If somebody has no care in the world whatsoever and they don't, don't want to talk about God and you keep bringing that up to them, uh, there's going to be a point to where essentially you're, oh God, dude, you're just, you're, just you're, you're hitting your You hit the unsubscribe head. button, dude. You're tired of getting emails. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a point where you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just, I, they, they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it. That the, the Bible actually talks about casting your pearl, which is, which is the gospel before swine, which would be somebody who doesn't want to believe no matter what they say, no matter what you say. It's like if Jesus himself came down, and this is what I hear all the time. If Christ himself came down here right now, I'd believe. Well, go back to the rich man Lazarus. Go back to the rich man Lazarus in the Bible, you know, and he's 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 literally in one hell. of one of three people to cheat death, by the way, right? And he's he's in hell. No, different Lazarus, different Lazarus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like you'll be more specific than there that. Was, there's a Lazarus that was a there's a story in, in Luke chapter 19 
where uh, there was a rich man and, and a beggar named Lazarus. And the beggar would stay at the gate of the rich man all the time and just ask him for something. Mm, I do remember that. And, th- and they, they die. And Lazarus goes to a place of comfort with God. And, La- and, and then uh, the rich man goes to hell, essentially. It's called Sheol uh, in the Bible. And so he essentially is sitting there in hell. And he, but he, can, he, can, like, he knows he has brothers and everything like that. And he calls out to Abraham, who's across this great chasm that neither of them can, can uh, cross, essentially. And he says, will you please go back to my brothers and tell them? Will you please go and tell them? you know, about this. And he says, they have Moses and the prophets. They don't believe him. I don't know what to tell you. And he goes, no, but if you go back, you know, if somebody resurrects and Jesus is telling the story, he goes, listen, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets and they won't believe even if somebody raises from the dead. Yeah. So Jesus says that to him, which is almost like a mini prophecy, what's going to happen anyways. And so we have the only recorded resurrection of anybody, you know, from the dead in Jesus Christ, who claimed to be God, proved he was God and everything else like that. And we have a majority of the world that still does not believe yeah. because not everybody will, you know, they're, well, they, they're not yeah. looking at the Bible as a historical document of right, people. Right. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Like there's people that saw him before mm-hmm. and there's people that saw him after and 500, there's 500 documents yep. in, in across other countries and other yeah. religions. Oh, sure. Not just Christianity. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. The, I've been doing a lot of research, man, and a lot of different stuff. And mm-hmm. there's even rumors of like, there's even rumors that people saw him in India at different times in mm-hmm. his life, right? Big, mm-hmm. It's theories, right? But, right, 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 right. But it's just more data that gets logged of people saying they saw this man. Well, not to mention there's, there's current sightings and dreams that these people who are leaders in villages in remote parts of Africa and oh, uh, really? Islam co- countries that that will have a vision of Jesus in a dream really? telling them that there's going to be people that come and tell you about who I am. And when they come, they already have a cross built and they're, huh? they're yeah, this is they, happening. Oh, it's already happened all over the, over the world. We don't hear about it because it's not sexy news. Well, right. How, yeah, yeah, how yeah. recent has this stuff been going on? That's been going on for the last hundred years. Oh, it's been yeah. that long. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, an outreach of a, of a group called Campus Crusade for Christ. Yeah, you go so to Bali and you're Bali, Bollywood. You go to, uh, you've been to Ma, uh, Mali. Holy shit. Belize? Belize. Yeah, Holy crap, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where am I at? So I, I know what you're talking about. So in, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say necessarily Belize, but other places that are really, really remote that nobody's had human contact with, there was a, there was a, uh, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ called the Jesus Film Project, which was translating the Jesus Film, which they produced and everything like that. It's like in the 70s or something like that. That um, they would translate into the, the the language of the people, so they would film, they would show the show the show the uh, uh, which the story of the, of the gospel essentially show the Jesus film in their language, so they could understand it, right? And so these people now, there's been instances where the Jesus Project has gone into some place, and all of a sudden these people already know, and they're like, "We were told you were coming in a dream." What? Go, go talk to our king. Yeah, go what? talk to our king. Yeah, true story. And so the reason I the reason I say that is because a lot of people say that Christianity is only a white man's religion. <laughs> it's not. It's the only one that's exclu- it's, it's exclusively for everybody. It's not a white man's religion. It wasn't even or it, the origins are Africa. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, like the Ethiopian church is the oldest church that's out there. So when I hear things Armenia, like that. Armenia, Turkey. Yeah, course, all those are some of, of the course. oldest churches. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's where Paul was. The Apostle Paul. Yeah, that's true. A majority of the a majority of the, of the New Testament, all his books. So I, when, I, when I hear stuff like that, I kind of go, 
man, that's so crazy. People don't think that God, like when they say things like, well, if God would do this, if God would do that, these are people that are in the re- darkest, reaches parts of, of, of different places in the world. They're like, I see, I, there, there, there's, a, there's almost a formula to it. Okay. The formula is this, that the leader of the tribe or the leader of the people goes, I, I need to know who God is. Obviously, you don't see all this creation here, and it all happened by happenstance. Yeah. There has to be a designer behind the design. And how people don't put those together in their mind, I don't know why. Well, even the yeah. even the Native Americans put it together and knew that there was something. Oh, yeah. Now, they're, they're a little different when it comes to stuff, but... Um, but many Native Americans came to Christ. As no, a sir, that's yeah. what I was getting ready to say. Oh, yeah. uh, if you listen, there um, there's, a cup, there's a couple people on YouTube that are still... Uh, very high up in the medicine man of the Diné, mm-hmm. which is uh, like the original uh, Navajo, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, there are a lot of them that when Christianity started coming over, unfortunately, the way that it was put onto the Native Americans really made them not want to be a part of it, right? Um, because they wouldn't let them use their traditions to tie into but a lot of them will say like no this makes sense to a lot of the stuff that we were taught minus some of the traditions and rituals that we do so this is really interesting about missions in general there's a big divide in missions if you would in the christian church meaning like as far as what their goal is yeah part of it was uh, for a long time it was to westernize different places Meaning give them culture? Right, right. Okay, like the Jesuits and stuff? Yeah, and it's unfortunate because uh, what what did Jesus do when he came? He came to the people. He lived as the people. He he was one of the people, essentially. Yeah. So people knew who Jesus was. Yeah, he didn't move in somewhere, put up a church, and and, stay there forever. And and, then tell them, like, hey, by the way, this is how you all do it. And this is these are all the things that you need to give up from your life. He would tell. I mean, if you think of the things that Jesus said to even the Roman centurions, who which his Jewish people were under submission to, technically, yeah. You know, when they when the when the Jewish centurion came to him and said, you know, I have a daughter, she's dying, and so on and so forth, and he goes, go, your daughter will be well. You know, and they timed it to the time that that he believed in him. And this Roman centurion, he didn't tell the Roman leave the Roman army. Go away from Rome, become a Jew. Quit all killing things. people. Yeah. yeah. He didn't say any of that. Convert. Yeah. Go get baptized. Right. And so what ended up happening is the Roman the Roman guard the Roman guard put put their faith in Christ. And you see this happening with Paul, you see this happening with other people in the Bible, and then you see it happen throughout history in the Christian church, where people go in when when, when missions is done right, you go in to the culture and you redeem the culture and you reject the things that are like blatantly satanic about it. if you're having human sacrifice in there right. and so on and so forth, you're like, hey, this is wrong. Even you know, animal is, sacrifices, right. you could explain right. why that's not necessary that was, anymore. That was the thing that was the thing in uh in I think it was I can't remember what church it was, but Paul talked about that. It was in Corinthians actually, where he talked about I, I was gonna an, bring up Corinthians in a minute. Yeah, where he talked about, you know, animal sacrifice to idols. And Paul would say things like, It's just an animal, it's no big deal. But if that makes your brother stumble, don't eat that. It'd be, it'd be very akin to somebody that we know, like if, if somebody if somebody ha- is an alcoholic yeah. and all of a sudden we're having drinks in front of him, we shouldn't do that. That's, right. just, that's common knowledge, right? That's, that's being sensitive to your brother. And so Paul was saying this to the early church because the early church was very liberated and they were like, this is great. This is awesome, man. We can eat and drink because the, 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 uh, the Jewish church at the time was very, very, very um, 
restrictive, if you would. Yeah, I mean, when they, it's orthodox, right? Right, right. It's when they become good. Christians, they're like, oh, well, now we can't have bacon, right? So <laughs> they start eating things, and they're like, oh my, oh, my gosh. But it's causing other people to stumble. So there was the Christians that put the rule on themselves and said, you know what? Let's not do these things. Let's not get involved with these things just by nature of the fact. And so when they would go out in missions, they would tell other people about the good news of Christ. And then they then they would say, they wouldn't say things like, don't do this, don't do this, unless they knew it was, it was absolutely against Scripture. But like traditions and like, uh, fire dances and things like that. If it wasn't something that was wickedly dedicated to a God, it's just something they did part of the tradition, they would never change that. We'll see, know? and if it's dedicated to God... Right, you can yeah. redeem it. Exactly. I so, mean, how does that... You know, that, that's a whole other conversation, really, but, well, like, it's, I it's see Im- what you're... It's yeah. important because what people do is they think Christians come in and they just they, they try to change culture completely. Well, which what, is what they did to the Native Americans, right, but... Right, right. Well, that was... That was Different time. Early on, early on and different. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I will say this. I will say this. There is, um, uh, you can either reject the culture, you can either redeem the culture, uh, or you can actually, you know, it's either those two and there's a third one too. I can't Destroy it, basically. Yeah, so, but but redeeming the culture is finding the good parts of it that God put in there that they they figured out on their own. That's how you, like when you go to an African church, if you go to any church outside of America, any church outside of America, particularly in Africa or Uganda or anything else like that, you're going to find like people free and dancing as they worship and everything like that. Here we are like stand up, sit down, fight, 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 because that's a lot of our a lot of our identity, even as Americans, are like very somber and everything like that. So when Africans come here, they're like, "Why aren't you guys up and like praising God like everyone else should?" You know, they have to go to the Pentecostals to find that, right? <laughs> you know, so it's it's a real it's a really interesting thing. So an interesting dynamic, but that's part of the culture. That's here in the culture of those churches. And it doesn't mean those people aren't any less grateful for the salvation they have in Christ. It just means like part of their culture. So when we get to heaven ultimately, yeah, I mean, what that's going to be like and everything else like that to be ultimately freed from any kind of hindrance that you have uh, or, or would be or do, that that's probably the ultimate, you know, praise and worship service you're ever going to be part of by nature of the fact that you don't have to worry about like how someone's going to see or view you or anything like that. You're not worried about judgments or anything like that. You're just looking forward to, you know, who God is. And I, I think that, that 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 needs to be said because a lot of people think that Christians are just trying to plunder their culture, like come in here and be just like them. And there is a great amount of Christians that um, create Christian bubbles. And, of course. Or they or there's so much like the world, there's no difference between them and the world. You know, so like it I think that's that's part of that's part of the the fine line that we walk when we talk about subjects like this, is that what makes our family members look at us and think of us as hypocrites and or true to what we believe uh, in their judgment. And they, and they judge just like we would judge. Uh, and, and they judge and they, they go, okay, they're watching every movie of yours and they're watching like, do you really believe what you believe? So when it comes to it, so there was, there was something my, my sister did put out. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it, was a, it was a social media post about how somebody um, uh, came out. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a young lesbian or, or gay man, I can't remember, came out to her family on, on the birthday and the father rejected the person and told him like get out of the house or something like that, and the person was just crushed. I mean, just crushed. I can't remember how the whole story went, but uh, I, I I commented back, you know, on on the story like that is so sad. I would never do that to my child and everything else like that. Uh, I I would love my child to death regardless and everything else like that. I would still state what I believe and why I believe it and everything else like that. But I always love my child. You don't you never stop loving your child because of you know their sexual confusion or anything else like that. And so I got more flack from Christians on that comp- comment than I did from anybody else. Oh, for you know? sure. But the, 
what people will do, will take a comment like that and they'll say, well, see, he's affirming. That wasn't affirming. It's affirming of love, of just, of just treating people as decent. It's not affirming of their sexuality necessarily, yeah. you well, know? And, and people love to throw stuff in your face. Like, that's right. not Christian of you, right? Well, you know what, you know what Jesus did to those people? Sat down and had freaking wine with them and broke bread. Oh yeah. So he didn't uh, he oh, didn't they, throw them yeah. out of the church yeah. and tell them yeah. to get the hell out of there. There's, I think there was only like one church he went into and throw a freaking fit in and he flipped over a table or something. Other than that, it was, like it was the temple. Oh, that's what it was. It was, it was yeah. the temple, and it was because that they were they were profiting. So everybody, so every Jew at a certain time in the year would have to come to the temple and make a sacrifice. Okay, and and so if you were right, poor, he was still alive. Yeah. Right. So if you were poor, you would essentially. Take it like a dove or something like that, some some kind of spotless Smaller. creature. Yeah, but if you were wealthier, you would have like lambs. Well, what would happen is the Pharisees and Sadducees set up a, a like a gaming system to where they would sell you the sacrifice that you'd have to go in and uh, make. And Jesus, like they're profiting. That's what made off, him flip the table. Yeah, they're profiting off the poor. They're profiting off the rich. They're profiting off that. And they change. They change. And so this is what happened. And it's happening today. And I'm telling you the truth. When God, when God becomes your brand and not your God, that's what you do. Yeah, you got merch. You got to get merch. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, that consumeristic ideology right, right, starts right. coming what, through. What, what do you need, buddy? Oh, did you see our you see our church shop, man? Oh, we got we got stuff with all our, our logos on it and everything else like that. So it's 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 very American. And Jesus flipped over tables during that time. So I, I think that when you take a cursory look at certain things like that, and you kind of go. Okay, there's there's stuff that, and I'm not telling you if your church sells merch or books or anything. Right. You're a bad person, okay? Or your church is evil. We, we understand yeah. that that's another way for the church to make money. Right, we got right, it. Right. But but I, I think that you know when it comes down to things like this, there should be you know a consideration to where you're like you know, the outside. Here, here's the biggest thing of everything we've said here, which is probably going to be the podcast that gets this canceled. But if you as a Christian, first recognize that n no one's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like you and agree with you. That's just people in general. We're, we're told that we are going to be the most hated people right, on right. the earth. What were we told about me yesterday from 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 no name person who came in? I'm the what? The what? Remember the the guy? Who came oh there? yeah, somebody said you were the devil. I'm dude. the devil. I'm the devil. Told to him from somebody in a different shop that used to work for me. I am the devil. I am the devil. I'm a hypocrite and everything else like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just fascinating because the, I mean, it, it's, it's not true, but I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't need to defend it because my character speaks for what it is much less. I, I think that as a parent, I, I guess, I guess I can speak to this as a parent because I think about this a lot. Um, who your kids develop into does a lot, says a lot about your parenting skill. Yes, it really does. Uh, Cause the apples don't fall far from the tree, you know? And, so I look at my kids constantly, you know, and say, what, what, what do they need from me? And what do I do? The other day, my daughter, literally Madeline, um, I hugged her or something like that. And she was like, wow, that's big for you, dad. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you just never, you just really don't hug me that much. You're not really, you're not really affectionate. And I was like, what? I'm super affectionate. And he goes, yeah, with mom. Or she goes, yeah, with mom, but not us necessarily. So I literally had to stop, and I was like, I am so sorry. So now I'm, like, hugging my daughter every time I get a chance or something like that or telling my kids I love them. It's just it, it, it's certain things that, as a Christian, you can invite into your life when you're out there with your kids if they because your kids will tell you more than anything, like, where you're at. They really will. So, yeah. well, I, I just want to say, like, how your kids turn out are not a definite, are not a definite, um, 
Well, yeah, dude, there's a of, lot that goes, there's a it, lot of factors. It, it, exactly, but it also, it's an indicator. It's not a definite indicator, but it's an indicator of what you've done as a parent. Yeah. And so for my kids in particular, I need to be more affectionate. And I recognize that immediately. I mean, they're, they're, they're older now and so on and so forth, and I just figured when they're adults, they don't need my affection as much. But my kids, I mean, my daughters in particular, my, my son in particular, I play, I, I, I literally, like, I lay on top of my son to give him a hug in his bed while he's sleeping all the time. You know, so I get, I get him up, but I do that. And I think that's important because, like, they're going to remember, like I remember, like I remember when I was a kid, and I used to, I used to love to hug my dad because he would always have scruff on, and I would feel his beard on my face when I was a kid. And even to this day, when I hug my dad, I feel the scruff on his face because he keeps his face pretty well shaven. I don't, and he, and and it's it's funny when I was probably about nineteen or twenty, I remember my dad. I was, was before I got married. He took my face and he grabbed me like this, and he goes, "God, you're hairy boy," you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's how I am." And he's and he's just like, "I just love it." I, and it's one of those things about like. You know, parents, and as you are, as 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 a believer, as somebody who is responsible to your kid, and our kids are our worlds all the time. And so, part of what happens is setting a tone for being faithful to God. Okay, to your kids is a really hard thing because they see the good times and they see the hard times. They see the times that you're not faithful. They see the times that you do make concessions to other people they see the times they do that but and so you you're you're praying as a as a believer to people who are for for young christians you're seeing that they see your faithfulness and to this day i ask my son constantly about this because my son struggles with faith faith a lot i ask him is there anything that i that i did that would cause you not to believe necessarily was there anything and my son will say no very clearly he said that he he really has a problem with hell he said that's 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 a big problem it's a theological problem you know, and he had a lot of fear. And he, he still to this day has a lot of fear, you know, when it comes to God and hell and everything else like that. He's got a lot of fear about that. And I think it's it's fascinating because the one thing that dissipates immediately when you become a Christian is the fear of that. There's no fear for you for, for, for being with God. It literally says in, in 1 John 1, 9, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, so there's no fear in love. I mean, if God's perfect love, and there's no fear in that, you don't need to, you don't need to be afraid of God necessarily. But there's a healthy respect of Him. Don't get me wrong. You know, but I think that's a that's a huge, a huge thing that maybe if there's something I had to go back over and do again with my kids, I would do it. I know I could have done a better job with loving my sisters for better. I know that with a fact, without a doubt. I was not a good brother growing up. I just wasn't. I'm 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 just I'm just not. I'm just not a good brother. You know, I wish I was, but I, I just wasn't. So in the sense in the sense of where I got stuff to make up with that, um, I've tried, you know, and I think I think I'll continue to do that. I think as a believer, that's part of what your obligation is, is to when you know that you've been part of somebody's um disbelief, if you would, because of, of your actions or because of who you were or how you talked to them or how you treated them, your obligation is to um make up for that in particular. And that's hard. That's very, very hard because they're always going to ask him, what's the angle? Oh, you just want me to convert, don't you? You just want them to notch on your belt, you know, and that's not, that's not what I want. I want more than anything for my whole family to know Christ. I do, but that's, that's for them, you know, and I know that that's, you know, that they'll use things I did in the past or, or ways I treated them in the past. as like, but I believe, you know, this, because you were a jerk to me when you were growing up, you know, that type of thing. So 
be careful, man, because the things that you do in your teenage years, they do echo in eternity. No, for yes, sure. I do. Yeah. Um, th- this probably should have been earlier on, but if, if you made it this far, I think this is a really important piece of information for this topic as far as like how to approach, especially somebody in your family that's a non-believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and biblically speaking, there's a pretty much a whole book on that, and that's Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> right? So like, you know, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. what could somebody learn from reading the book of Corinthians that could help them with this kind of a situation? So uh, Corinthians is an interesting book by nature of the fact that uh, it was written to a really hip, hip and uh, wise church. Yeah, they, they, they were they were all young. They were young hipsters. Yeah, it was the young hipster church and that knew everything. And they were it's plenty of money. Corinth was was situated in such a such a way that uh, certain roads which is like went right off it. of Greece, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that certain roads would go through Corinth, and um, uh, but but they were so wise, yet they made such concessions and certain things that that Paul would go would go really hard on them in some ways and then talk very gentle, gentle to them. So I think in that, in that regard, when it comes to your, to your family, there's things that you do have to take stands on and say, like, like, I'm not going to do that. It's just counterproductive to my, to my faith. And there's times that you need to be very gentle. And I think you have to feel that out with every single person that's there. There's times like, for example, I, I love my sisters. I really do. Um, and I'm sure there's things they can't stand about me. If you would, um, I don't know that, uh, I don't. I don't think my sisters have any kind of anonymity, or my sister who doesn't believe has any kind of anonymity towards me because of my belief. Right. I don't think that's the case um, at all. She, she's never. You know, we, we've a couple of years ago when I was back for Thanksgiving in Ohio, we hung out a lot, and I, I'm very grateful for my time with her. And every time she's out here, she's awesome. And her and Michael are incredible. Chrissy, I'm talking about my sister Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy and Michael are incredible people. They really are. Um, so like, I don't have any. I, I've got no you know, hostility towards really anybody in my heart. I mean, God searches that out continually, I think. Um, but when it comes to how Paul did it in Corinthians, I think part of it is you have to first know your audience, know what they think and what they believe. I also would ask them what they think and they believe, you know, and I would ask them why they think and why they believe that. And I think when you challenge that, because you're eventually going to challenge it eventually, you know, when you do challenge that, you've got to do it with such love that they that they understand that, like, you know like they know that you care about them. Like if you remember Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. So Penn and Teller has a uh, pen. Uh, uh, which one's, which one's the big one? Uh, Teller. Teller. Teller is, uh, he's a well-known atheist. And there was a guy who was, who would stand outside his, uh, his, uh, what do you call it? His, his shows and just wait to talk with him about God all the time. Thank and really, Teller. yeah, really, really, really enjoyed, you know, um, talking with this guy. And when he was finally asked about this guy, this Christian who would evangelize him all the time, uh, Teller was very rational about it. And I thought it was very, very telling about him. He said, first off, this guy is doing exactly what he believes. But because if he believes that there is eternal hell that I will go to, well, he's doing the most loving thing in the world by telling me, you know, that I, that, that Jesus loves me and doesn't want me to go there. That sounds he, like something that the, you know, if I think it's tell, I, I can't remember their names. Yeah. The big guy, the big guy, yeah, with the but glasses. that sounds like something guy he would say. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I have no fault for him. I enjoy talking to the guy. You know, I, I felt what a great opportunity. And, and if more people who aren't believers would recognize like they're the believers that are, that are approaching that really do love you and care about you. And they want to talk about this stuff aren't doing it for, for a notch on the belt or anything else like that. They're doing it because they really do love you and they care for you and they want to see you have literally the best life you could ever have in a relationship with Christ. It doesn't mean it's the easiest life, but it really is the best one. Yeah. You know, and I think that's part of how things go. So with 
with people who will give me flack for the, you know, everything that we talked about today and everything like that, know this. I talk about these things not because I have any kind of agenda or want any of your business. I, I, I'm not here to promote my business. I'm here to, like, talk about this kind of stuff. We're, we're, talk, we're, we're smoking cigars, but I'm not really necessarily promoting them. But, I, but we do this because we really do care. And when you guys have found some kind of value in this podcast that we continue to do it. Uh, if we didn't think you found any value in it, we just would cancel it all together because we don't want to spin our, spin our wheels in something that doesn't, doesn't listen. But more and more of you are listening. More and more of you are downloading this. And so as a result of that, we want to bless you and tell you, like, this is our, our goal and our hope would be that you would, you, you would consider the claims of Christ and come into a relationship with Jesus. You know, that, that's honestly. And then find a good church that, that believes the Bible says what it means, means what it says, and, and preaches from it for sure. You know, so that, that's, that's, you know, my hope for, you know, this conversation in particular. And so the next conversation will be even crazier than this one, but it won't be as, as, as spiritual necessarily, but you guys can stay tuned for that. So with that said, this has been the cut light and smoke podcast presented by zealcigars.com, cigarsoapbox.com coming to you live from the huddle up store studios in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And we're out of here like last year. Peace. <laughs>